all stand together if you would. If your neighbor does not have a Bible this morning, please allow them to look on with you as we read the scriptures this morning. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 9 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to be able to meet together in, in this building this morning. Thank you, Lord, for providing the building. Thank you, Lord, even more so for providing the freedom that we have to be able to assemble. We ask God that you would uh, speak to our hearts through your word this morning. We are living in times that you don't, we literally don't know from one day to the next what the rules and regs are going to be, what uh, is going to come down the pipe. But Father, it's good to know that we've got a God who's in control. We've got a God who sits on a throne, and uh, Lord, you've not abdicated that throne. You have not lost control. It's all in your hands, and we're thankful for that. We ask God that you would help us this morning to focus on your word and to understand the importance of what it means to have patience. Uh, more and more and more, we need to have patience before you come back. And we believe you're coming back soon. So we pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts this morning as you do so from your word. May we respond to you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. James chapter 5, in, in these, just these three verses that we read, uh, three different times we're reminded that the Lord is coming back. Verse 7, it says the coming of the Lord. Verse 8 says the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And verse, verse 9, behold, the judge standeth before the door. I've heard a lot of talk uh, and a lot of conversations lately around the coming of the Lord. Uh, back when I first got saved in 1969, for about, for about three to five years, there was an awful lot of talk, particularly in the early 70s, about the Lord coming back among, among saved people. Uh, what I found was, however, that as time went on, that kind of just died down. And our anticipation of God coming back has kind of waned. Uh, this COVID virus, I think, has brought that back. And you know, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I mean, if nothing else, if we've just, if we've just realized that, listen, the Lord, the Lord really could come back at any time. And we've known that all along. It's not, not anything that's a surprise to us. But sometimes we just kind of, of lose sight of the fact that the Lord is coming back. When James is, is writing to, to these Christians, he's writing to saints that are suffering, uh, saints that are going through some tribulation. And, and, and what was their greatest, not the tribulation, but going through tribulations, going through troubles, what was their greatest need as well as their greatest asset? Well, he's, he tells them that it's, it's patience. And oftentimes when we think of the Lord's coming, we're just the opposite. We're impatient, in, in, impatient for, for Christ to come. We want him to come right now. That, that's not wrong to have that kind of a desire. 
But God makes it very, very plain that we need to be patient and wait for the Lord to return. Uh, he, start, he started this, this letter... God started the letter with talking about patience. He, he, uh, he told them and he, he begged them really to let patience have her perfect work. Um, the trying of faith works patience. He starts the letter with patience and God ends the letter with patience. And uh, he's, he's imploring to these people that it's so important that they have the quality of patience. Um, this epistle, I believe, will be real dear to the hearts of tribulation saints during the tribulation period. It's, it's uh, written to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. It's got a Jewish flavor to it. And so I believe there's going to be uh, folks during the tribulation, they're going to be drawn to this book. But I believe it's, it's also extremely obviously it was written to people that were not going through the tribulation, uh, but they were, to, they were told to look for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back. And in that looking for him to come back, to be patient and be patient. So I want to take a look at just in these, in these verses, in these three verses, three things that God explains to us about what patience is. First of all, look in verse 7 with me. It says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. First, first thing we need to consider is, how, how, how long are we to be patient? Well, according to this verse, we're supposed to be patient until the Lord, Jesus Christ, comes back for us. Have, have any of you, and I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure none of you have said this, just me, uh, but have any of you in the last few months said, you know what, I'm done with this? <laughs> have, you, have you said that? Have you thought it? I've said it more times than I want to tell you about, okay? And boy, the Lord really got a hold of me on this whole deal and and the reason why tribulation comes into our life the reason why we have problems and difficulties and stress is not so that we can be impatient but so that we can let patience have her perfect work and uh, and oftentimes that's not what we do at all uh, we 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 turn an opportunity to, to show patience into one to be very impatient uh, fruit takes time. And if you notice in this verse, it says, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. Um, when it comes to, to getting a harvest, it takes time. Uh, a farmer has to endure a lot of things. He's got to have long patience. He's got to endure weeds, and he's got to endure too much sun, sometimes too little sun, too much rain, sometimes too little rain, uh, early frost, late frost, uh, th you know, various things that, that they have to that they have to endure and uh, that they have to have to wait for the precious fruit. Um, the weather is not under the farmer's control. Um, er early rain is talked about in this verse. Latter rain is talked about in this verse. Early rain is the rain that softens the soil. The latter rain is the, the rain that nurtures the plants for the harvest. But the bottom line is this. It's all in God's hands. You know, <laughs> 
believe me, uh, I'm sure I'm speak not only for myself, but for all of you that are here this morning. None of us asked for this, right? <laughs> I don't think. Uh, we didn't ask for this. But God allowed it to happen. There is a reason why God allowed it to happen. And uh, we need to go through this time with patience. You know, back when, uh, when, when we had the, the shutdown, and we were shut down for about, about eight or nine weeks, I, I made the comment and several times is that uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, this is just the beginning. And the reason why I say that is, said that is I know what works on our patients. It's not the fact that we just have problems. It's that we have problems that stick around and stick around and stick around and stick around. And uh, the truth of the matter is life is full of that kind of stuff. And one of the things I've learned that as you get older, you get a lot more of those things that stick around and stick around and stick around, you know, that you can't get rid of. And uh, God is using those things to teach us patience. The harvest is worth waiting for because the Bible says the fruit is precious. Take your Bibles, keep your finger here and go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6 verse 9. Actually, go with me to verse 7. It says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So he's likening uh, our, our sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit as, as uh, uh, planting, waiting for a harvest. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now get verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And uh, if, if you go over to um, Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 down through 26, it talks about about uh, sowing to the flesh, it talks about sowing to the spirit, and it talks about the fact that that uh, if we sow to the spirit, we'll we'll reap uh, love, uh, peace, joy, love, the fruits of the spirit, and uh, those things will be plentiful. But they're things that we have to wait for, and we need to understand that all of that, all of the circumstances that we're in today, are in God's hands. Our heart is a soil. And the Word of God is the seed, and the events of life, the things that go on around us in our environment, those, those are likened unto the weather. And God desires fruit from our lives. And He obtains it through trials, He obtains it through troubles, He, he obtains it through temptations and through difficulties that we go through. We've got to be willing to yield to God during them. And to submit ourselves so that the fruit can grow. If, 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 you can, if there's something that you can take care of in your life that is uh, hindering your personal growth, if it's hindering you receiving fruit in the Christian life, then you need to take care of it. Uh, you might need to pull some weeds, you know, confess some sins, change some habits. You might need to fertilize the soil. Uh, 
the way we do that is by by uh, giving ourselves proper nourishment, spending time in prayer, spending time in God's word, spending time in meditation, spending time. And when I say meditation, I don't mean the thing where you cross your legs and do funny things with your hands and and do ums and ums and grunts. But I'm, ta I'm talking I'm talking about just thinking on and meditating on and, and ruminating on God's word. And, and uh, just be still. And what does the Bible say over in the book of Psalms? Be still and know that I am God. And we need to make sure that we are being nourished and we are growing and the weeds prevent the growth and the, the soil needs to be fertilized. So, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Ye have need of patience. I don't think there's a one of us who could take issue with that statement. Every one of us needs to have more patience in our lives. Now, why are we to be patient? Well, look down at verse 8. It says, Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The reason why we need to be patient is because the Lord's coming back, and the coming of the Lord, Lord draweth nigh. Um, I don't know when it is that you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. I don't know when it, when it was that, that you got saved, but I know this, that whenever it was, we're closer to Jesus coming back now than, than the day you got saved. I got saved back in, in uh, 1969, so it's been many, many moons. And uh, uh, yet uh, we're closer and closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. What is the great need, according to the scripture, what's one of the great needs that, that, that we need to have before the Lord comes back? And one of the great, great needs is established hearts. If you look again in verse, verse 8, it says, Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. An established heart, a, a, a firm, steadfast heart, is a, is a heart that will be patient. Uh, let's take a look at, at some ways that our heart can get established. Keep your finger here in James, but we're going to look at some, some other scriptures. Go with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. In Psalm 119... Look in verses 37 and 38. Psalm 119, 37 and 38. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. We need to be established in the word of God, and we, we get that by turning from vanity and by fearing the Lord. What, what, what is vanity? Well, vanity is, is that which can't satisfy. Vanity are things that are fruitless and that, uh, uh, that uh, are, are not worth desiring or not worth doing. Uh, untruths are vanity. Empty pleasure is vanity. Pride is vanity. Uh, those kind of things we need to turn from 
And then we need to fear the Lord. It's not enough just to fear God, but you need to turn from those things that would hinder your relationship with him and, 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 and then fear the Lord. Uh, Psalm 148, look with me there if you would. Psalm 148. Psalm 148, look down in verse 6. Psalm 148, verse 6. He hath also established them forever, and he hath made a decree which shall not pass. Uh, if you look with me in verses 1 through 5, it tells us those things that he uses to establish. Verse, verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise ye him, all, praise ye him, all, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens. And ye waters that be above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he, com he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them, and he's talking about the things he just talked about in verses 1 through 5, forever and ever he hath made a decree which shall not pass. So he's talking there about praise. Praise fixes our minds on the Lord. And praise is something that will establish our hearts. I was talking with one of our men here just this last week about prayer and how that it's so important for us when we go to the Lord in prayers to spend some time just praising God and not just for what he has done for us. You know, we, we do that. We do that a lot. And it's not wrong to do that. We ought to be thankful for everything he's done for us. But how about just just praising him for who he is? Praising Him for being faithful. Pra praising Him for being reliable. Praising Him for being kind. Praising Him for being loving. Uh, praising, him for <laughs> praising Him for being patient. We're talking about patience this morning. Uh, the truth of the matter is God has been very, very patient with us. I know He's been very patient with me. And when we, when we praise the Lord, we, we fix our attention on Him. And that causes us and our hearts to be established. Another thing that, that establishes our hearts, go to Colossians 2. Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians 2, look down with me in verse 7. Colossians 2, 7. Well, let's see, go up to verse 6. It says, as, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Talks about being established in the faith. And, of course, the word of God says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The thing that, that establishes us is, and establishes our heart is just having a trust in God, a faith in God. 
believing that what, that what he says in his word is always true and that we can depend upon it, believing that he is as, as our God is always true and that we can depend upon him. So faith, the Bible says, establishes our heart. Another thing that establishes our heart, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians 3. And in 1 Thessalonians 3, I draw your attention to verses 12 and 13. It says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love, and uh, toward love one toward another, and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father. At the, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Another thing that establishes our hearts is increasing and abounding in love one toward another. And in so doing, also separating ourselves from sin and drawing close to God. Uh, all of that is important as... You know, one of, the, one of the things that I've seen, I've seen this in my own life, I've seen it in the lives of others... That as, as we give in to sin, can I tell you something? Our love for the brethren goes down. When we, and this is why it's so important to, to, to uh, not only believe in positional holiness, we're all holy before God because if, if, you, have, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you are clean in his sight. And what a blessing that is. But that's, that's our position in Christ. Our practice needs to be personal holiness, where we're separated from the world. We're separated from, from things that are fleshly. We're separated from things that are devilish. Any of those things we stay away from. And what, what that does is, is that that establishes our hearts so that we can have a, a love and a care and abound in that love and care for one another, for the brethren. Another thing, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This establishes our hearts. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 17. 2 Thessalonians 2.17 says, Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Uh, taking what we see in the word of God and responding to it and allowing it to affect our words, of allowing it to affect our actions, our deeds, our works, and when we do that, the more we speak right, the more we do right, the more our heart is established. And then last of all, go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. In 1 Peter 5, look down in verse 10. It says, but the, the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus... After that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. One of the things that establishes us, that gets, makes us strong in our hearts, is going through suffering, going through troubles, 
going through difficulties and responding properly. Now, an, an improper response will, will do tremendous damage to our hearts. But when we respond properly, when we respond biblically, we respond rightly to those things, then our hearts get established. And, and, and it talks about the, the various things there that it does and just strengthens our hearts. All of these things, turning from vanity and fearing God, praising the Lord, having faith in him, uh, uh, being uh, allowing our, our love for one another to increase and abound and stay separate from sin at the same time. Uh, good words and works. Uh, suffering and suffering properly. All those things affect our patience. And uh, the, these things are, are essential in order to enjoy the harvest that God wants to give to us in our personal lives. Go with me back to James chapter Chapter 5, and look with me down in verse, verse 9. Verse 9 says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. The last thing that he says about patience here is there's a warning. And the warning for the lack of patience is we can get to grudge one another. Uh, to grudge means to, to be discontented at another's enjoyments or another's advantages. It means to murmur. It means to, to complain. And it says, grudge not one against another. Impatience with God uh, leads to impatience with others, and particularly God's people. Uh, if, I, if I get impatient with, with the Lord in various areas of my life and don't surrender to those things, then it's going to start coming out in my relationships with my wife. It's going to come out in my relationships with my kids. It's going to come out in relationships with my friends. It's going to come out in relationships here at church. It's just going to come out. Uh, it's going to be very, very obvious. And, and it's, it's because, it's because we, we, have an, we have an attitude problem. That attitude problem will affect our patients. Uh, one of the marks... Of, of good farmers is their willingness to help one another. And if we have problems one with, with another, it's going to always cause further problems. And with farmers, if they, you know, if, if, in, the, in the old time farm community, and I don't know that it's as much anymore because of the big uh, corporations and conglomerate type farms that they have today. But, but I know that it used to be this, this way. I was over in uh, uh, Yorkshire for three and a half years in a farming community. And I noticed that when one farmer was hurting, the other farmers came to their aid. When uh, some, one farmer had a need, uh, the others did their best to try to help them. And that's the kind of, of attitude that we need to have one with another. If we don't, it'll, it'll, affect, it'll affect our patience. And it'll, it'll show, that, show that our patience is, is with God and with others is really starting to wane. Um, there, there's a, I, I don't know exactly who it is that said this, but, but I got this quote. If we start using sickles on each other, we will miss the harvest. Now that's true of farmers, that's also true of you and I. If we use our sickles on each other, or we're going to miss the harvest. What, what if you had to, to answer to God for the complaints that you have about the brethren? 
What if you had to answer to God for today? You know, I mean, you were to see him face to face. Uh, we started out this whole thing, this whole message this morning with the idea that the Lord is coming back. And he is. Uh, I believe that now more than ever before. And, uh, and we are, we, folks, I mean, it could, it could happen today and everything is set up. On this world I mean it is it's just all set up it's ready to go and uh, if the Lord was to come back this afternoon would you be willing to face him with the attitudes that you have towards somebody in your family people uh, that you work with people that are your friends or uh, folks right here in this church not that folks in the in this church are different than your friends I understand they're their friends as well but my, my point is, are there any attitudes that you have that are in your heart that you would not want to face God with? Truth of the matter is, we're going to face him, and we're going to face him soon. And, uh, you, you know, we, when we look at this, at this issue of having patience with one another, we, we think, man, I've got to have so much patience with, and you can fill in the blank, whoever that might be or what, whatever number of people that might be. Have you ever thought of this? How much patience has God had with you? How, how many times has God had a reason to come down on you and haven't? How many times has God had had at a had a reason to be impatient with you uh, because he's spoken to you about something over and over and over and over again and you still don't listen. You know what, I, I, look, at, I look at my own life and boy, God's been patient with me. I look at, at some of the things that I have said over the years. Yeah, some when I was younger, some when I was older. <laughs> I mean, I've said some things, I've done some things that just at times were, were, were bad, at other times were just flat hurtful to folks, and yet God worked with me on those things. Well, you know what? If, if we really recognize how patient God's been with us, we can pass that patience on to others. He's been patient to us, why don't we be patient with one another? Um, you know, I look at the I look at the, the frailties and the rough edges that still remain in my personal life. And I'm just so thankful for the fact that God has worked with me patiently. And the more I understand that, the easier it is for me to work with others and work with them patiently. God says that patience is of utmost importance. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ said, in patience, possess ye your souls. I can tell a lot about a person's about a person's spirituality by looking at their patience. I can tell a lot about my spirituality when it, when, when when I look at the patience that I have first of all with God. You know there are there are things in our lives that are unchangeable. There are things in our lives that we have absolutely no control over. There's been a lot of decisions within these last few months that have been passed on down to us uh, by government and so forth. And you, you can complain about it and you can gripe about it. I'm sure you have. I know I have. A whole lot more than I probably should have. But, but I also know this, that God's using those things 
to teach patience to me. Let patience have her perfect work. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, boy, if there's one thing that I could confess to you probably on a daily basis, it'd be the lack of patience. And uh, yet, Lord, this morning we have seen very, very clearly in Scripture that patience is so important and is especially important just before you come back. And uh, you've told us to be patient for your coming. Lord, uh, a characteristic that ought to stick out with all of us as believers is patience. And yet so many times we allow things to get to us. And I, I believe one of the reasons why is we just forget who's in control. And you are the one who is in control. And, and Lord, you want us to, to, to maintain patience until you come back. Now, we're eager for you to come back, but we don't know the day, we don't know the hour. And while we wait, you tell us to wait patiently. We look for the day when we're able to see you face to face, but until then, help us to be steadfast, help us to be immovable, help us to always abound in your work and have our hearts established before you. Bless this invitation. God, please work in our hearts. And, and if there's some areas where we've been impatient, we need to confess it. We need to, we need to understand impatience is sin. It's wrong. And it's, a, it's an attitude that ought to be prevalent uh, in the lives of believers. God, I pray that you'd have your will and have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts. And Lord, as you speak to our hearts, may we respond to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.